Hey everyone, Austin Swanson here, aka Swanny47. Today we're discussing Cartlytics, and we'll be going over the current or <laughs> continuing price decline. Uh, today we're we're at around what thirty-one dollars a share, or about a one billion dollar market cap, which is about uh, an eighty percent decline from fifty-two week highs or all-time highs. So quite the decline. So we're going to go over that and my thoughts on the price. We will also be going over new pieces of evidence uh, that's disconfirming to the short thesis and other areas that people were previously concerned about. And we'll be going over updates that were provided at Q1 earnings and go into depth <laughs> and really analyze some of that. As usual, you know me, I like to overanalyze things, but there were some really key things that uh, some new key insights regarding the business that I've never heard elsewhere and never even thought of uh, that were provided at Q1. And so we'll be going over that today. So high level overview before we go into depth of all the updates given at Q1. Uh, first, regarding the current price. The way, you know, what I've gathered from talking with other individuals, you know, especially, you know, DMing people on Twitter and just having all these active conversations, what, in and out, this does not speak for everybody, but this just seems to be what I'm seeing for the most part, at least related to Carlytics, is most people are fearful because the stock price is declining. And then from that, they think, okay, I had these, you know, previous concerns, and so they must be true or they must be worsening. Um, or other people know stuff because maybe I'm not following the business as closely. Um, other people must know something bad is happening or something else that I'm not even aware of is contributing to this continued price decline, right? What they're not doing is kind of inverting that where they're actually looking at the business first to determine how's the business doing? Is it getting better or worse? Are my previous concerns getting addressed or are they worsening? That I'm not seeing because as I push on some points, you know, with people like, well, what is it that you're concerned about? And it's like, oh, well, that's, you know, been fixed or that's being currently addressed or that was exactly what was provided the updates but at the same time there's a ton of people right that i used to talk to about carlytics that no longer talk to me about carlytics that i think a lot of people maybe as concerns maybe maybe they found other opportunities maybe they had these concerns with the business and they thought this isn't going to work out and they just stopped following the company and the reason I think that is there's been, you know, there was truly some concerns in the past with Cardlytics. So there were some things you had to follow closely. And we're going to go over that part of like the short thesis. And, but, but based on like at earnings, there was some, like, it's just so apparent where we're giving exactly what we need to hear from management at earnings that, you know, is completely disconfirming to the short thesis. We're seeing exactly how well the business is improving. And so if you actually are looking and listening and reading what management and the business is doing, you would think, oh, wow, the business is improving. Like, and it's getting completely de-risked. All these concerns are getting addressed. And so <laughs> that's why it's interesting how people, and I understand it, right? Like I, I always try to think, okay, you know, you can't diminish other people that other people have to be rational and smart and that are also following cardlytics and so sometimes i even think okay maybe the price is declining and i'm missing something maybe someone knows something i don't uh I, i'm not sure that's the case here right like i mean there's obviously i do not know everything and i'll i'm that's a big disclaimer here there's obviously things maybe i maybe i do know a lot of it but maybe i'm interpreting it wrong right so but in this case there is just so many <laughs> clear and we're gonna go over them. so many evidence pieces of evidence where the business is improving and then previous concerns or pieces of the short thesis are just getting completely diminished uh from what we're hearing so in total based on the commentary uh the business seems to be in the, a very good place if not the best place it's ever been right that doesn't mean something could change but right now uh their offerings what carlos can offer to their constituents the users the banks uh advertisers all of that's improving uh and it seems like 
all of those constituents are taking more advantage of cardlytics, which is great. And it's just funny that all these improvements are happening at the exact same time the price is declining, right? And why is the price declining? We'll go over some of that. I think a lot of it's just getting wrapped up in all the other, uh, you know, kind of in that industry and the related companies where it's not like it's just cardlytics that is down 80%. There's a lot, a lot of like technology related companies. And I feel like this just kind of gets grouped in there because again, you listen to earnings, like we're going to go over, it was just clearly just you know great updates so next thing thought what, what were my thoughts during uh the earnings call or after the earnings call and i have some new thoughts after i've, I've spent a lot more time on this so the first thing is the value proposition of cardlytics and what they can offer to users banks and advertisers just continues to grow right and that's what you would expect right there is we've talked about this like virtual uh virtuous cycle in the past um but you know to get that flywheel starting you know carlos has to do a lot of work they're doing that work and i think we're going to start seeing uh some of that actually start playing out where you have this nice virtuous cycle happening but uh again we these improvements aren't just something i'm just you know saying it's stuff that from earnings it was made evident by like they told us about these improvements they you know that's part of the updates and they told us about the actions that some of these constituents the advertisers the banks what they are doing and so it just makes it even more evident like hey you know the business must be improving for them to do these actions and because they're doing these actions the business will improve <laughs> all right so the first thing right that was huge is the banks are leaning more into the program. They're taking more advantage of Cardlytics, uh, the offers, right? One bank is doubling their investment spend into the platform, right, from 2021 to 2022. Uh, I believe, now there's we can get into depth here, and maybe if you want more information, feel free to reach out to me, but uh, I believe this might be through the self-service for banks, which we heard is called Engage, and that allows banks to boost their offers i have a full write-up about the self-service for banks platform so make sure you check that out or check out the research notes uh but it also allows for you know through this more differentiation of each one uh each of the bank's platform through exclusive offers boosted offers uh new like exclusive offers from their ipo clients or other bank clients or having a different user interface uh, some of that's going to be a have to have on the, on the new ad server. But right now we've already seen Chase boosting some of their offers. And so I think it might be that it's Chase who is continuing to do so. And we have some evidence of that and we'll discuss it. And as well as uh, in terms of banks, you know, what else they're doing of leaning more into the program. We had one bank and I, it might be a different bank. We're not sure. I have an idea that I think it's Wells Fargo. Uh, increase the visibility of the program, which doubled the activations of offers by users. That's huge right? So, I mean, these two updates, doubling investment spend and increasing the visibility of the program all in 2022, all, you know, recent activities. I, I don't think people should diminish these, right? And I hear no one talking about it, but again, I hear almost no one talking about Cardlytics anymore. <laughs> uh, but the banks would not do this. They would not do these actions, increase the visibility, you know, give it better real estate. They would not double their investment in the program, right? If Cardlytics wasn't working. Right. This is later on. This isn't something recent. Like, you know, these these banks have been signed up for, you know, a few years now or a couple of years. And so it's like these are new actions. So it must be they're getting because they have all this data to track it of, hey, it must be that users are continuing to use the platform. Oh, Carlix is improving the offerings because they have better, you know, more uh, people, more advertisers using the platform. And it's only going to continue to improve with the new ad server and, you know, local offers and product level offers. Uh, but right now it must be continuing to prove and users keep using it and they must be seeing, you know, higher levels of engagement and more uses in, uh, of their app, higher ads or higher spend in their cards, all those benefits that the banks like, 
And so they're trying to say, hey, we want more of this. Let's increase the visibility to increase this to more users. Hey, let's spend even more on the program because this is working, right? If it wasn't working, they wouldn't do that. Or let alone if they were saying, you know, let, let's, let's cut, uh, you know, deprioritize or uh, cut the program. I mean, none of those are the actions of what we're seeing. So people worry about those things, but literally it's not like banks are doing nothing and we have to question what they're thinking. They're literally going the complete opposite way and leaning into the program and utilizing it more. And so we'll go more in depth of that later. The value proposition for users increases from those actions, right? The odds of a user now like in a banking app uh, to be able to find Cardlytics, which is something a lot of people don't, right? If, if it's in a poor placement or maybe below the fold uh, in the bank app, you know, right when you open a bank app and you see the first the first things, you have to scroll down. If it's too far down, maybe people don't see it. So by banks increasing the visibility, increases the, the, uh, the probability that they actually see Cardlytics which leads to, you know, <laughs> you know, actually using the offers and saving cash back. So it's good for the users, right? And the other side is the attractiveness of offers are increasing because of the, of, if the banks, when they say they're uh, doubling their investment into the program, if it's what I think it is, of taking part of their revenue share or, or, or more uh, and putting it towards boosting offers or increasing the cash back, well, users are going to save more money right? Which is great. And so as these users benefit from, you know, finding the offers now, as well as, you know, saving even more money from the boosted offers, the banks benefit as well from more engagement, more spend, less attrition. They keep using those cards. They're not going to cancel their bank account, not going to switch to somebody else because those are great offers and they know about them now, right? So those updates, right? Just those two updates were on the existing platform. And so the value proposition for users I believe is about to increase exponentially. And that's a strong word, but I think it's correct here because a lot of these updates are gonna co compound on top of each other. And these are based on the updates we heard at earnings and everything we're gonna discuss more here. And so from the base continuing to move to the new ad server, which I think Chase is likely going to be uh, this year in 2022, and then Wells and B of A next year, it, once they move to the new ad server, you know, users are now gonna have product level offers, uh, local offers, more offers from the self-service platform, which currently only goes to the new ad server, which is only on US Bank, the new user experience with richer imagery, so they're actually gonna understand the offers and more. So all of this, again, you're gonna have a better understanding of the offers instead of just a little logo. Uh, you, you know, Maybe it's a local offer, you would have no idea what it is. So if there's an image, you're gonna understand it better. Uh, it's gonna be more attractive because it's gonna be more relevant through product level offers. And just the relevance of, again, if you have more offers from more local offers, more from self-service, it's more likely you're gonna find an offer that attract is attractive to you which increases how much you're gonna save because there's now more offers that, hey, I understand this, this is attractive, I'm gonna use it, you save more money, and this leads to higher engagement and all those other benefits for the bank, and then ultimately, Cardlytics benefiting through higher revenue. Uh, so the value for advertisers also is continuing to increase based on the updates we're hearing, uh, which will benefit users with more offers and higher value offers, which then again, also benefits the banks and then benefits Cardlytics. And so we heard at earnings that more advertisers are getting Cardlytics and renewing uh, due to unique insights that Cardlytics can provide. You know, they have all this data, they have all this purchase data, everyone wants their hands on it. And we'll get into this because there's some unique insights here. And they're and when they're renewing or signing up for Cardlytics, they are doing so at higher ad spend tiers or higher, like having to spend a certain amount of money, spending more than usual to unlock these insights. And so that's a really key thing that we'll get into. Uh, but another aspect is they don't just say insights, they say custom 
insights, right? And so with customization, that might increase the stickiness of clients. They become reliant on this data. And we'll get into some more aspects of why they might become really reliant on this data. Uh, and it might create a form of pricing power. But the unique aspect here is not just, you're not buying the data where you can just keep increasing the price of the data, right? It's like a subscription. Instead, you're saying that you have to spend a certain amount in the channel. So instead of, you know, Carlytics being the only one that benefits from increasing the price, they're instead increasing the ad spend amount or they could, right? And if as they increase the ad spend amount, it, it benefits the users by saving more money, benefits the banks with the higher engagement and all the other benefits, and then benefits Carlytics. So ultimately, Carlytics still benefits, but everyone else helps, and it just keeps the cycle going. So it's a, you know, at first people are like, oh, what if you could have this thing like on the side where you could sell the data? This is better. <laughs> I, I think so, at least. So it's, and I don't even know if it was an intentional. Like, like I think it's because you could not sell the data. It's the bank's data, right? But this is kind of like a nice workaround that ultimately might be better. Uh, existing advertisers could start uh, increasing their ad spend from gaining more trust with the platform and the results and the data of Carlytics from Bridge helping with the attribution problem that we've always heard about, right? And we'll get into the depth of that. But this, by using Bridge, they will have access to their own data not the bank's data, it's their own data. And so they can do their own measurements and everything else on it to confirm the results, which ultimately, if it, then they, they're, you know, grading their, grading Carlytics homework now, instead of Carlytics grading their own homework, you would ultimately, if the results are true and they match up with what Carlytics is saying, they might finally start believing it because the results have been so good in some cases, advertisers are just like, no, nope, we don't believe it because you're grading it, there's no way. Well, if they start doing it themselves, you start removing that doubt and you could start unlocking a lot of ad spend. And so uh, this will also lead to more advertisers that have just never used Carlos before because of this issue, which we've heard about. And there's some quotes directly related to that. Uh, Self-service continues to improve with additional reporting, which was directly related to some concerns some ad, some ad agencies were bringing up. And we'll discuss that. And finally, these advertisers will soon benefit from being able to place more offers uh, via self-service on all the banks as they adopt the new ad server, which will also have the benefit of unlocking product level offers um, and having the richer imagery, which we also heard, again, we keep getting this stat thrown at us, which is a really good stat, and it shows that it keeps holding up, that you know, with this premium imagery or this hero imagery, it's leading to two to four times the click-out rates to external websites. So when you have, there's in each offer, there's a, a, a link to a website to the you know the actual you know company the store to actually complete the purchase. So as you increase those click rates, you increase the odds that someone's actually going to make the qualifying qualifying purchase, which will lead to Carlytics because there actually has to be a purchase for Carlytics to get paid. So that increases the odds of them getting paid and the and the user saving money and everyone wins. And so and while the last big thing here, and while there has not been a new signed contract with B of A yet. Uh, we received extremely strong clues that a renewal with a new and improved contract is nearly certain, right? Uh, and it is very close to being finalized. And so we'll get into the depth of that. So while others feel that the longer the time it takes for B of A to renew, I mean, that means that there's a lower probability of a renewal. I feel that the longer the wait, like the longer it takes for to get this renewal, it just increases the probability of a stronger Carlytics in Carlytics' favor uh, from continuing to hold out and to ensure that they're getting all the right things in that contract. And so that will lead to the most benefit long-term. So again, and thinking of it this way, I mean, we'll talk about this more, but it's like, if they just signed it right away, if, if B of A would have said, no, we're not doing that, they said, okay, we'll just, we'll just renew the old contract. And you did not get on the new ad server. You didn't host the tech. You couldn't put in the cloud, all those things. Long-term, that's, that's bad. 
right? But if Carlos just keeps holding out because they have the leverage here, especially after what we've talked about in the B of A update with all the local offers and that whole situation, I mean, they're in a really good position to continue to hold out. And as they do so, increases the odds of them getting what they need in that contract. And there was an update provided uh, regarding the cloud and what's probably B of A uh, almost certainly. And we'll talk about that. So, uh, addressing the short thesis. Again, people, you know, maybe they're not necessarily short, but they think, oh, these are the concerns of Cardlytics, and so I'm not going to invest in them, they're, or whatever you, you may feel. So we actually now have multiple pieces of evidence that just disconfirm all these previous concerns or the short thesis. So the first thing that people worry about is the banks deprioritizing Cardlytics, meaning they just, they're not going to, maybe they'll, like, Cardlytics maybe is currently on the homepage of an app, uh, of the banking app and they're saying hey that's really valuable real estate let's put that elsewhere right maybe that's maybe that's one form of uh, of them deprioritizing cardlytics over something else right well if that was the case we wouldn't hear <laughs> exactly what we were hearing today which was uh or, or during the earnings call which was cardlytics uh having some of their bank partners or at least one of them who increased the visibility of the program they literally increase the visibility, not deprioritize, they they prioritize the platform over other opportunities uh, to increase the visibility, which will lead to more engagement. Um, and what we have, what they have seen is an actual double in the activation of offers. That's huge for such a small change. The other thing we saw that shows that banks are not just giving up on the platform is another bank, or maybe it's the same bank. There's, it's a little unclear on there. They didn't use, they didn't say which bank is which, but I can get into the depth and I will of who I think is who. Uh, another bank doubled their investment into the platform, into Cardlytics. Again, if you were trying to, you know, maybe bring this in house or not worry about the platform, if it wasn't working, you would not double your investment spend into the platform. So again. <laughs> that's something that is just completely disconfirming the, the thought that this isn't working. Banks could could deprioritize, and they're not doing that. They're prioritizing. They're increasing. They're giving it better real estate. They're spending more in the platform. And so I just thought that was very interesting, uh, and we'll go more in depth on that. The other thing is banks, people worry banks are going to move this in-house, uh, or the other concern is there's no differentiation, so we'll use a different solution, right? Well, one, we'll go over an update where or not an update, I have the exact, there's an interview with Chase and they're discussing why they used Cardlytics. And the first thing is they literally verbatim said, in order to attract advertisers, we need to aggregate essentially all the users by partnering up with other banks. We can't do it ourselves and partner up with, you know, Wells Fargo or US Bank because they're not going to want to, you know, us to be the only, you know, the biggest benefit beneficiary. So we need that independent party, which is Cardlytics. And so that's what, one reason they're using them. But anyways, banks are not, you know, like everyone's worried about banks are going to bring it in house despite, you know, what the banks have actually said. And I have the quote later, but banks are not cutting back or moving their offers in house. Uh, instead, we saw someone actually double down <laughs> and spend even more on Cardlytics, right? And this is likely related to, uh, you know, the self-service for bank engage where they can boost their offers, increase the cash back, uh, you know, and have more exclusive offers, right? Like the Allbirds on Chase, that was $50 back. I mean, no other bank had that. It was just Chase on that one card. So not only do you have differentiate, differentiation amongst the banks, but you also had it amongst the cards. Um, and so... I think that will only increase as they use, you know, get on the new ad server, uh, allowing the banks to, you know, place even more exclusive offers. Even maybe, you know, through this, they're, they're going to continue doing offers related to their IPO clients or other banking clients. Uh, and that will increase differentiation because that'll be exclusive to that bank, as well as, you know, having their own user interface by using this new self-service platform. But it's just, it's quite fitting, fitting that I'll go into why I think it is Chase uh, that's doubling this. So there's some evidence of that, but it's 
fitting, and it makes sense, but it's fitting that it would be that it would be Chase who's doubling their investment at the Cardlytics program because that's the bank everyone's worried about. <laughs> Despite Chase being the one who said they wouldn't do it and give all these reasons, which we'll go over, but people worry about up oh, Chase is they're hiring some people for this. They said they were going to spend some money here. They must be bringing it in house. So people have been very worried about it, right? So it's quite fitting then if then Cardlytics comes out, hey, there's this bank, wink, wink, that is doubling their investment in the program who I think is Chase. So that's probably, Cardlytics has a history. When they know there's a concern and they address it or it's not a concern, they usually will mention it during earnings. That's why the updates are so good. Uh, but they usually don't, aren't very, you know, they're not black and white. They're not just, they don't come out and say it. Uh, there's previous concerns with previous clients leaving or like advertisers um, and other little things over the over the last, you know, couple of years. And they'll just subtly mention it. It'll be like a one sentence saying, I think this was one of them because everyone's worried about Chase. Uh, but if it is Chase and they were going to pull it back or do their own thing or whatever uh, it wouldn't be that they're getting rid of carlytics but at the same time doubling their investment in the program and maybe i'm wrong maybe it's not chase and maybe that's still a concern there uh, but i have reason to believe that's not the case additionally if banks were moving to bring that uh, program uh you know in-house they wouldn't all be committing to move to the new ad server why would you commit to something that's going to take some time take away some effort take cost time whatever it may be uh, only to later on be like, oh yeah, we don't even want to do this anymore. Like if you thought you were going to do that, you wouldn't commit to the new ad server. Finally, as we discussed, uh, DOSH partners, or we're going to discuss in the DOSH partner section, uh, there's been some actions and some comments by the new DOSH partner, crypto.com. Uh, that may, that leads me to think, it's a, it's a really important insight that Chase was the first one to, to discuss this about the stability of in-house programs or funding your own cash back. And just saying it's probably not sustainable and that's why you should you know especially as they get higher and higher offers you almost you can't sustain that and so they were looking to carlytics as being that long-term solution if that can, if that comes to be well that's exactly almost what happened with crypto.com does they have these very rich car uh, offers or cash back on the cards and they were saying we're going to cut it back people were mad but they were saying hey but we're, we're going to use dosh now because again it's now dosh through advertisers funding the offers not in-house and they literally use the same word about it was not sustainable and so we'll go into depth on that. Attribution problem. Everyone worried about, hey, they, you know, you, there's no not enough data. They can't do their own measurements on this data uh, because it's the bank's data. And so advertisers are never going to have good comparisons. They, they don't trust Cardlytics. They're never going to use them. Well, advertiser that has now solved for advertisers with Bridge because they'll give them more view into their own data because it's their data. So it's going through the, from their own point of sale systems. And so that'll allow them to perform their own measurements of results. They need to more trusting of the results as long as, as, long as they match up with what Carlos has been saying. And if that does, if they can now trust the platform, well, that will lead to increasing the ad spend and new advertisers join the, the channel. People also worried about low engagement, no time spent in the banking apps, right? Something people bring up all the time. Engagement of users have never been the problem and only continue not to be the problem as they keep, they roll into the new ad server as evident by the strong points of, uh, of data from US Bank where who's on the new ad server and they're just seeing dramatic increases uh, from the imagery, dramatic increases in engagement. So wasn't a problem before, as we go to that new ad server, that is just gonna, you know, engagement continues to increase. Additionally, engagement will increase further from advertisers using self-service, uh, you know, which 
with the self-service, it's only going to the new ad server, so there'll be more offers, so increase engagement further, more relevance offers, better offers. Uh, you'll have increases in cash back from the banks boosting the offers. Higher cash back, more likely to use it, more engagement, and then higher ad spend from solving the attribution problem for advertisers. Uh, higher ad spend from advertisers trying to unlock those insights and get those custom insights. If they spend a certain tier, they're gonna increase the, their ad spend, which benefits users, and more relevant offers from product level offers and local offers. Again, you have so many things acting in one in one direction that only benefits the users uh, or is directly benefiting the users. And so to think that you know users aren't gonna be able to find one single offer that's relevant and attractive for them, that's at a high enough cash back, uh, let alone more than the one to 2% cash back they usually get uh, on the, like a debit or credit card, like I just, I, I, I don't see it not happening, right? And maybe that's where my bias is. It's like here I am spending on average over $100 in cash back per year. And you know, you only need a few dollars worth of redemption. Like essentially you just need a user to use one offer. <laughs> throughout the whole year. And so it's like, can you, is it, is it too impossible with, you know, adding local product level offers, more self-service, increase, like getting more advertisers from solving the attribution problem. Are you saying you're not gonna be able to match one advertiser to one user and find that relevant offer and then have an image so they understand it and then use push notification on the news ad server and just let them know that it's there. And they're not like, and if it's a high enough cash back from the banks boosting it, like, like you're, are someone gonna say, nah, I don't want that. I know it's really relevant and it's a lot of money, but I don't want to save money. And there's no work involved besides clicking it, right? It's not like you're clipping on a coupon. You have to talk to someone. Like, it's just, maybe that's where my bias is. Um, and I don't <laughs> I don't know if I can get over it because I'm. I, it just makes perfect sense to me. Anyway, so uh, remember, another key thing about that people say, oh, no one uses the banking apps. How much time do they spend there anyways, right? Remember, this is a different channel than like the social media apps or, or uh, social media and advertising platforms where users are not there for the advertising. They're there for other content. Right. And so therefore you need usage and a lot of time there to be able to slip in <laughs> unsolicited uh, offers. Right. They're there looking at other posts and it's like, you know, you're swiping through maybe on, you know, Instagram stories and then, oh, let's slip in an advertisement. But again, you also need to do, you know, have so much lead time because most of the time people are going to skip over it because they don't want it. it. It's just, you know, just like on YouTube, skip the app, uh, Instagram, swipe past it, you know, TV, mute, change channel, radio, you know, turn the channel, whatever it may be. People don't want it because that's not what they're there for. So you need enough time to hopefully get something that catches on and then, you know, increases the odds of a conversion. Where Cardlytics, imagine all the offers that are like on Instagram and, you know, that someone sees over the course of hours or on TikTok over the course of hours and you just, I think Instagram's a better thing instead of the video, but like Instagram or Facebook and you just condensed them onto one spot, a few, you know, that they could see on one page and that they chose to look at them. So first of all, how long would it take to look at all those offers? A couple seconds. <laughs> And let alone if they're choosing to look at them and let alone if they're based on your purchase data. So they're highly relevant and then and, and attractive and become, and, and again, this will only become better as they get product level offers or they can be in SKU level data to become even more targeted and even better. Um, and again, user loves it because they're saving money, right? They're benefiting. They're not being sold something or convinced that it's like, hey, you want to save more money? Yeah, sure. From the bank who they trust. It's just this perfect combination of things that, you know, maybe I'm crazy because it hasn't played out that way, but we know, you know, part of it's why it hasn't is, you you know, as you start adding the product level offers, it becomes more relevant, you know, more offers to increase the odds of something actually being relevant to them, uh, adding imagery so they understand it. All of these things 
are all happening in the works. And essentially, I mean, that's why this is such a huge catalyst of moving the new ad server, which is why, again, we're getting to B of A. It's such a big deal to make sure that they get B of A to accept the new ad server, which I think they have. I think they all agreed to it. Uh, but a matter of also hosting the tech or hosting the new ad server in the cloud. And that's the last piece there. And so, again, to me, B of A is almost certain to renew. But again, anything can happen. It's just a matter of when uh, they get the approval for moving to the cloud. And we had an update on that, which we'll get into. It's just, it's interesting how it seems investors have, like, they almost preferred if B of A would have took the old contract and just renewed that with, like, without the new ad server and without hosting or going to the cloud. I feel like almost investors would have preferred that, right? And just like, oh, good, they renewed. Uh, like at year end 2021 and just had it done, had it certain rather than what's currently happening, which is the delay in the renewal and taking a little bit longer, but to me is indicating that there's a higher likelihood of, of being a, a dramatically improved contract that's more beneficial to everybody uh, because Carlytics is continuing to hold out. And so as they continue to hold out, it increases the odds that they're getting what they want because if they would have just done it right at the beginning, said if, you know, if they said, yep, yep, uh, we'll just do it to get it done, well, then they might not have got what they wanted in it. So they're, they're, they have the leverage, they're holding out, and this will enable them to get the new ad server and host it and in the cloud, which there's way more benefits that we'll get into. And I think that's very beneficial long-term. Fig, another thing people worried about all the time. Many, I mean, they were always worried about, especially as B of A was testing the offers, which originated from Rewards Network. It wasn't like their own unique offers. They were using a third-party content provider to push those offers, which right away, I mean, we've talked about this before, uh, but it was like, it's not like exclusively there. Stosh was even using those offers. And and so it, anyways, now Carlix is running Rewards Network third-party content uh, for at least one bake, which I believe is B of A based on the previous updates we, we have received. And possibly, because there's this other piece of evidence that we'll go into, that Carlix is possibly even powering the offers for another large bank where they're providing, they're using this third-party content provider, which is probably Rewards Network, and they're doing it for another bank too. There was a different thing in this update, Q1, where they talked about, and I'll go over it exact the exact language, but essentially said in Q1, we started piloting. Well, then in January, they said, oh, in December of Q4, we're replacing these third-party content for Rewards Network. So something happened. I mean, December to now Q1, uh, it, it sounds like it's, they're two different things, which is awesome. And so anyways, you have now Cardlytics running the Rewards Network content. Um, and they're also, you know, now they have even more local content through their uh, entertainment acquisition. That's the name of the company. And so, it, like, to me, uh, Carlytics might even have more local offers uh, than Fig or Agio, as they used to claim, claim. And so maybe Carlytics even has a leg up now in this area, which people thought, oh, that's where Figs is really good at. But now Carlytics, they have the same content. They're pushing that content. And now they even have more local content. And, and soon, you know, through the self-service nature, they should have what will be ex very exclusive offers, which I guess entertainment is because they acquired it. I always thought they should just acquire Rewards Network just to get rid Like, it just seems to keep popping up. I was looking at a competitor that, that long ago, and they were using Rewards Network. And I'm like, gosh, let's just get them. <laughs> and like, But at the same time, some of the offers aren't as nearly attractive, which we talked about in the B of A update. So make sure you check that out or check out uh, my research notes for all that detail. The other thing people uh, talked about with Fig what, that was differentiated was their ability to use or uh, have their distribution within within financial apps like Acorn uh, and where you could have maybe the ability to track users and send real-time push notifications. Advertisers talked about this in Tegas transcripts, and I have exact quotes later. Well, Carlos can do the same thing now because now they have Dosh and they partnered with all these financial institutions or, uh, you know, neobanks and fintechs and that list continues to grow. So presumably they can do the same thing and maybe even more because they have so, they just have this huge, <laughs> it's not just acorns, it's tons of neobanks and fintechs now and it keeps growing, right? 
Another thing is Fig. Recently, I watched this. Uh, I put in my research notes. I think it was in March. It was this crypto conference. Um, Carlitz talked at it. Fig talked at it. And Fig was talking. Like, Carlitz didn't really say anything at the time. And I thought that was interesting. Fig talked about it and they told exactly what they're doing. Get into crypto, empowering. You know, instead of cash back, they're doing crypto back. And I have notes, my research notes on that conference. Uh, and I thought, oh, that's weird. Carlitz is not doing this. This seems like it's something exactly they would do. Like a week later, and it must have just been a timing thing. Uh, Carlos was like, "We are powering the offers of Crypto.com, which is a very well-known, you know, uh, crypto um, fintech." And so it's like, again, it's not like Fig. Like, there's not that much differentiation between Fig and Carlytics, or for Fig to separate themselves from Carlytics. But Carlytics is, you know, it seems like they have a lot more differentiation. Essentially, better way to say it, where everyone thought Fig had differentiation. Maybe it's the the fintechs, the the crypto, the uh, the local offers. Well, Carlix has all those, and presumably more, and you know maybe better improved offerings. Um, so I, it just that claim just doesn't hold anymore, right? Uh, I think Carlix. I don't even know if they're worried about them. I think they sh like don't let them off your radar, right? These are still rational people. They're still smart individuals. They are probably <laughs> not going to go away and they're going to keep fighting. And so uh, they have a desire to make this work and take market share. So they, you know, you should not diminish that and should be paying attention. Self-service, you know, people always, read, you know, there were some comments regarding maybe, you know, self-service not having all their, like the reporting. Uh, that was in a TS, TS transcript. Well, Carlyx said during their earnings call, hey, we address that by adding uh, new reporting. In terms of, there was an issue of scale. It's, oh, you know, on the self-service platform, you there's only like one bank you can do, you can place offers, so there's just not that much reach. Well, the thing was, is, is the self-service is only placing offers, from my understanding, on the new ad server, right? Well, so that means that there's already a technical solution in place to address that, the new ad server. So as more banks accept the new ad server, the self-service platform can go to all the banks, which have incredible reach. Um, especially, I mean, once you just even get Chase on there, which will be almost the 50% of MAUs, that will be huge, which should happen this year. Uh, the, and so the other thing by them at taking the cloud, which I think is great, is allow for the new ads marketplace, which should allow for dynamic pricing and optimization, as well as real-time ad inventory. And maybe that's the part of the, the optimization is, hey, base, what, what ads do we have here? How can we optimize it? And so again, yes, maybe the self-service platform isn't, you know, matching a Facebook or something else. Uh, well, you wouldn't expect that with, you know, 600 employees versus what, 60, 100,000? I, I don't even, it's it's dramatically more. And they've been, in, you know, having the self-service, you know, Facebook or something else, their self-service for a long time. But Carlytics is there. Advertisers are using it. And the and it's just continuing to improve and having larger reach. And so I'm not too worried there. Uh, banks being slow. People are always saying, hey, the bank, I think this is the last one. Yep, this is the last one here. Banks, they're always worried that the banks are, uh, you know, very slow. The Carlytics doesn't have control over the platforms. So at, they're at their mercy where they can't do updates. And so that's a really big disadvantage, right? And so from the December conference, when discussing how B of A is the only large bank that B of A is not hosting a tech, uh, Lynn said, quote, if we want to make a change to like Chase or Wells Fargo, it takes us two minutes. We want to make that same change in B of A. It can take us two months because we have to go through their internal processes. So we're negotiating that we're going, uh, that they're going to let us host it. And as part of hosting, we want to put in the cloud. So I've also heard elsewhere from CDLX management that the same updates that they push, you know, in their own system overnight, that just takes overnight, they push it out. So maybe on Chase or Wells Fargo where they're hosting the tech, uh, that same updates might take up to five months with B of A. That was just on another, you know, time they were talking about it. So there has been some legitimacy, or they're not, like, absolutely there's been legitimacy to the worry that, you know, investor, that investors had regarding Cardlytics and that Cardlytics has been historically constrained by the banks like B of A. 
who has been their primary bank for a very long time until they got Chase Wells Fargo. So that was a thought, you know, that they were constrained by them and that was the only big bank forever. And so it made a very big deal, right? And so I I mean, with Cardlytics, they're soon, I mean, through this, they're soon, they, they are expected to soon be hosting the tech, putting in the cloud, hosting the, by tech, the ad server, having the cloud, including B of A, right? And so Cardlytics will have more control over the updates. It can push updates to the bank uh, significantly quicker, like, you know, the two minutes on Chase and Wells Fargo, um, and likely all at the same time. So there's been this other communication where the ad servers, for, the, the old ad servers for each bank are on a different, like, update. Like, there's all these different, you know, you know, revisions of the ad server where like on dosh it's on the cloud one ad server that all all of them connect to so one update will go to everything i believe that's my understanding so that allowed for even faster updates therefore while carlis has in fact been historically constrained uh by how quickly b of a moves where they've been ha- holding up at their will that constraint's likely to be removed right to match chase and wells fargo by b of a hosting hosting the or cardlytics hosting their tech and putting in the cloud which is why they're holding out right? That was, that was the big thing. That's why they say we need to get this approved so we can do this. And then once they get them on the new ad server, not only can you push updates quicker, that new ad server is going to allow for uh, product level offers, local offers, the new user experience uh, with richer imagery, offers from the agencies using the self-service platform and more. And so it's like, you're going to have this one large update, which is taking a while to get done, moving to the new ad server uh, that will unlock all those benefits. But once you have that, there should not be a significant update for a while right? Like this unlocks a ton of things. And then because now you're hosting the tech and you can make the changes fast, like Chase and Wells. Well, now it's not really concerned anymore. As long as they remove that constraint, which is exactly what they're trying to do right now with B of A, and they can start hosting that tech, they can make all the small changes they want. And yes, your point would be, well, what if they want to make a you know huge update again like this? Well, they shouldn't need to in for a while. And in that time, the amount of financial gain and benefit that they can get from this new ad server with the product level offers, local offers, new user interface, all those things, that should be enough for a long time to satisfy investors, right? Like we as investors do not need to worry about that next, you know, thing that's not even on our radar or not even something Carlos has ever mentioned, right? So it's like, this is the thing that this is the big update, which they've all agreed to, which yes, like Chase was already supposed to be on the new ad server, end of 2021, that got delayed, right? So there is the chance that maybe this just keeps getting delayed, which was talked about in earnings. But once it's done, once we get over this hurdle, right? Maybe famous last words, like it will always be another thing. Uh, but this should be one huge thing. One thing that, that removes this constraint where now all the banks, you know, Carlos is hosting are all the major banks and they can push these small updates really fast, fastly and they don't need to have another significant update because this is the big significant update that unlocks so many possibilities. So while this is likely to oversimplification, I believe a large portion of Cardlytics, like their stock price decline, is attributed to investors selling off the stock um, as these concerns were first risen. As they heard about the B of A testing FIG, they worried about FIG, they're like, I'm done. There's a new competitor. Oh, B of A delayed, done. <laughs> uh, however, as new pieces of disconfirming evidence have come out, such as the Q1 earnings, uh, those same investors have never changed their mind or have never returned to look at the update situation. I mean, you get this new update, you might think, huh, Maybe now there isn't a worry. I got exactly what I'm worried about. But I think people, you know, they'll have this, this association in their mind of, you know, I sold Cardlytics. I'm committed to selling. I already made that decision. I'm not looking back. But that's speculation or an oversimplification. So high-level conclusion. Uh, and then I'm going to go into depth of, over all the updates. <laughs> and if you want to just check them out, uh, check out my research notes or check out the link uh, where you can have a link to all these notes where I'm going to go into depth over some very key insights. Uh, but the other thing is, so what will it take for the market price of Cardlytics to change, right? So based on the current market and how it's reacting, 
it will likely not be evidence of the business improving or disconfirming evidence of the short thesis because we have that and the price continues to decline at a very you know fast rate and so in this current point in time at least with the market sentiment and you know how investors are thinking it will take results that are seen and therefore uh, have 100 percent certainty right it won't be a probability based uh you know you know, revaluation of the company and so we could see some adjustments in the market price if there was official announcement of b of a renewing so right now investors might just be saying yep zero percent chance of them renewing we will not believe it until we see it and so once they see it maybe there'll be some benefit but where we'll see the most material changes in the market price is if cash flow starts materializing so carlux is on track for uh, being cash flow positive uh, before they said end of 2022 now there was an update in the uh, presentations where it makes it seem like it's going to be earlier because they said second half of 2022. You wouldn't make that change at all unless there was a change. And now second half is much different than the very end of 2022. Uh, and usually Carlos has been a little bit on the conservative side. And so it could even be earlier than that, which would be great. Uh, and if conti if Carlos continues to execute like they have been and the banks, users, and advertisers continue to, to respond the way that they have been, uh, we could see cash flow start mat uh, to materialize. Right? especially with adoption of the new ad server. If you can just get Chase on that and have almost 50% of the MEUs are there and you unlock all those benefits for all the advertisers and the users, I, I think that is going to be huge. If Cardlisk also can continue to grow open banking, right? we had this <laughs> very long uh, post on the open banking, all my research notes in there as well. Uh, I, I just think the cash flow generation there will be huge. There's huge operating leverage, can leverage existing resources, as well as near 100% gross profit margins because there's no revenue share there. I think you know the cash flow altogether could be quite significant in relation to the $1 billion market cap today, right? Maybe on isolation, if you're not even thinking about companies, $1 billion sounds a lot, but the cash flow Carlos can generate in relation to that is quite significant. And I think it will become hard for investors to just completely ignore or diminish uh, the fact if Cardlytics is generating you know, a conservative multiple of cash flow in relation to the market cap meaning maybe they're trading at maybe just 20 times, right? Maybe that's like, oh, that's just a normal mature business. But the thing is, this is not a normal mature business because at that time, if that's happening next year or some uh, or around that time, right, which will take a lot of effort, it's not something that is guaranteed to happen, but I'm just painting the picture that if you start actually having a situation like that, it's, it's hard to almost justify uh, because it's you still have, you know, improving gross margins from using Bridge uh, as well as Dosh and Open Banking. If they start getting more revenue there, you know, those are at very high gross profit margins. You have a long run runway for growth. Things are, even though the company's been around for, uh, what, now 14 years almost? Since 2008? It's like, it's <laughs> you're only now starting to get where the real fun's going to happen with like the product level offers um, and the local offers and the self-service for all the SMBs. And so you have that hockey stick of, you know, there's just a huge long runway for growth potential as well as, you know, even with the existing advertisers using it to increase their ad spend dramatically. Uh, you also have, you know, strong operating leverage and, you know, extreme competitive advantages with, with Cardlytics to guarantee longevity where I just think if let's say next year they were trading at a 20 multiple multiple I think that's too conservative because of you know how fast cash flow is is, is continue like <laughs> to get to that point will be quite impressive and it's just only going to continue to grow uh, which I think then will make investors start looking at it let alone let's say they don't let's even think in a more extreme situation what what <laughs> here make it really evidence let's say no, no one ever looks at Cardlytics now for another like five to 10 years. And all of a sudden Cardlytics is generating enough cash flow to equal the market cap. Well, 
that that makes it pretty obvious, right? That at that point, it's like, well, obviously, you're not going to pay one time uh, current year cash flow for a business like this that continues to grow, has competitive advantages, all these things. And so it's like, there's that middle ground where it's like, okay, if it's at a conservative multiple, again, investors should start looking at it. And I don't even think it'll get there. I mean, it, who knows? I didn't think even after this, er, this update, but again, it's not things that are, there were some very concrete things that were actions taken, but I think it's going to take materialization of cash flow where it's just like, you can't ignore it. So, all right. So the remainder of this post, I'm going to go over some of the updates uh, just because of how long we've already been here you know, talking. I will try to go over this quick uh, or, or more quick and then make sure you check out the, link, the first link uh, to this post as well as my research notes for even more detail. All right. So the first update was the bank's increasing visibility. So we already talked about this, uh, but there's a reason I want to start with this first, is that what the update was, quote, one of our large banks have seen twice as many mobile activations since they improved the program visibility in late February. Well, by just increasing the visibility, which to me is a very small update, it doubled twice as many mobile activations. And so the reason I wanted to start with this update is because then for the rest of the updates, you could think, hmm, is these updates, you know, a bigger update than just slightly increasing the visibility? Probably. Well, that's probably going to lead to even a bigger impact that also compounds on something like this. And so um, I just thought that was very interesting to see. But improving the visibility of offers will likely lead to more users finding the offers for the first time, as well as others who, you know, maybe they've already seen the offers, but they're going to see it more frequently. It's, it's going to come up more frequently. So, uh, you know, and that will increase the odds of them, you know, seeing the offers and just spending a couple of seconds checking them out. Because again, they don't need to spend a lot of time there. They just need to see it in the first place. So that will help. So what I noticed, so I have Wells Fargo and I noticed uh, that the mobile app had a significant update in terms of their user experience. They did a whole new redesign. And so I actually went, I couldn't remember the timeline. So I went back to the Apple store. And so I have a screenshot here and it's, it talks about the new, you know, complete, you know, uh, we're, our app will not only introduce a new design and so, but that update was February 17th. So that's pretty, I would say late February, which coincides with the quote of, you know, the program that updated the visibility of the program and quote late February. So I think it's Wells Fargo. Chase did have an update to the user interface, but there was nothing different like in terms of uh, increasing the visibility of the offers. Um, that I noticed, but I also don't notice, I didn't even notice the difference of Wells Fargo. So that's why I've like, I've almost second guessed. It was like, did, was there a change? But it's kind of almost hard to remember what Wells Fargo looked like before the update already. So, uh, but again, to me, this update also shows that banks are giving some more priority to Cardlytics. A large portion of investors that I speak to, we've already talked about this, the, you know, they, 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 think, they think that since Cardlytics relies on the banks, that the banks should, you know, like they could put Cardlytics in a worse placement, but instead that's not what we're actually seeing. Although that is, yeah, that's a risk. I get it, but that's not what we're seeing. We're going the opposite way. They're improving the placement Cardlytics and uh, placement is not, is not the only thing improving. We know, you know, banks are, uh, have continued to want more such as wanting to move the ad, ad server, the new ad server, get all the benefits, get the product level offers, get the local offers, get better imagery. And so one thing just to kind of, again, address the situation of people worrying about, you know, someone like maybe height, like moving the, the, the offers somewhere else. In the 2020 Tegas transcript uh, where there was an interview with uh, Chase, they said that, quote, I'd say that it's odd to remove the service because you don't want that. Uh, moving it, moving it another place where it's a lot harder to find, there will be a lot, there will be a cost to that. 
because you get calls. People are not understanding. It used to be here. Why is it not here? You get all those. So again, they understand, you know, the banks that they don't want to move it. And again, if it's improving, they're actually trying to push it. And so this update likely shows that, you know, that users of Cardlytics offers have the attributes that we hear, um, such as higher engagement, more ad spend, less attrition. That was something, again, Chase even talked about all these other things, uh, increasing the spending on the card, increasing your revolving bonds, um, and creating, you know, NPV of the relationship. So like, there's all these things that they, they, they're monitoring, they can monitor and track these, and they must be improving for them to increase the visibility. Why would you do that elsewhere? You probably want to increase the visibility so more uh, users are having these benefits. So, okay, long-term impact. So that's more of a short-term, and there's, or I guess, you know, in the short-term, we should see, you know, increased visibility leading to more engagement with at least that one bank. But this, like, again, long-term, I think this update, you know, decreases the risk of banks deprioritizing or hiding the Cardlytics offers, let alone dro dropping the platform. Again, I think that's a point that is even more stronger by the fact that a bank is doubling their investment in the program in 2022. And so it's just like, I don't see them, you know, dropping or deprioritizing because that's not what we're seeing and so what we should be seeing is we should also see higher awareness and therefore higher engagement if you're more aware of the offers you're going to more engage with the offers and more redemption you know within that single bank but if more banks do something similar where they increase the visibility of the program uh, you know i i think we'll also see you would see those that benefit across more banks and that might even so i think that's interesting i don't want to go into too much i'm again i i will i i want don't want to go into too much detail i go in depth here um in the notes, so make sure you check them out. So the next update was B of A, uh, the renewal and banks moving to the cloud. So I think this is an important update, so I wanna just spend a little bit of time here. So again, many investors, we've talked about this, they've been waiting for the B of A update, and I believe those that, like, uh, there are many who are still worried that the renewal will not happen, uh, or they're simply waiting for 100% certainty in the renewal for the for that perceived risk to decrease. So they're not even touching Cardlytics until they see that happening. And the, this gives others the opportunity to take advantage of the mispricing, especially if, you know, where others are, are you know, assuming that they haven't re uh, renewed or they're not going to renew, but when, when in reality, there's a very high probability that they will renew, that does kind of create a mispricing. And the way I've kind of thought about this, I give some numbers here where it's like, essentially, if you thought that the, the value of Cardlytics today without B of A was one billion, and you thought maybe with Cardlytics, you know, year 10 value discount back today was around maybe 5 billion. It seems as if most investors are assuming, well, it's 100% likely that they're only, they're not going to have B of A. So it's, it's a billion dollars. But if they do get B of A, well, now we will look at the situation, right? Now, again, this is an oversimplification, but just kind of show you, like, you know, people are not updating probabilities uh, based on the updated inf information, right? The Bayesian inference where you update based on, you know, your probabilities based on the new information you're given. Uh, people aren't doing that, right? <laughs> like, it, it's just completely the other way. There's like, it's just this crazy situation right now. Um, where what's even crazier though is you know people are assuming almost 100% of them uh, you know not renewing where I think the probability that's almost zero it's like I think it's a, almost a almost 100% chance that they're renewing because again it's not even a question really of whether or not they're renewing it's almost like that's they're renewing right they keep extending the contract uh, they want the new ad server the relationships are like in a very good place uh, but again anything could happen but again what's more up in the air is just what's in the new contract so I just I I feel like people are I don't know. I, again, maybe I don't understand the situation as well as other others do. Uh, so the quote or the update that we got a Q1 that was really interesting that we just haven't heard before was, quote, our bank relationships uh, continue to be strong. All but two of our banks have committed to moving to the cloud. And one of those two is in the final stages of approval. The last bank is a mid-sized bank, and we expect to receive approvals from them in 2022. The Bank of America contract is still on pace to be renewed, and we're progressing uh, nicely. We will... We will 
and we fully expect to come to an agreement that is mutually beneficial for both parties. So uh, what was interesting here was they said, I like, what I'm assuming, right, based on that quote, is that the one bank that is in the final stage of approval for getting the cloud is B of A, given B of A is not the mid-sized one. So they're saying there's two banks. One of two is in the final stage of approval. The last bank is a mid-sized bank. Well, I'm thinking a mid-sized bank, maybe that's truest, well, truest renewed. Maybe it's, it's, maybe it's just somebody else. It's a mid-sized bank that had, you know, because I think B of A would be considered one of the large banks. And so it's like, okay, then the other one is in the final stage of approval. Well, what does that also mean? If they're the ones in the final stage of approval, that's why B Cardlix hasn't resigned, that there isn't a new contract. Because they said, you know, they gave this thing uh, in the December, they, they listed out what they wanted. And they even said again in January that they said, you know, we'll continue to hold out to get the right things. If we want to host it for you. It's going to be in the cloud. Uh, you need to adopt the new ad server. So again, if that's one of the things of being in the cloud and they're, you know, they haven't got the final approval, the thing's not going to get signed. But if it's in the final stages, we should see it soon that once they, you know, get that approved, you know, we have the new contract. So I also blank believe that, you know, that's one of the two is B of A because then right after they talk about the B of A contract uh, and that's on pace. So I think that's okay. Because again, on pace, they said the first half of 2022, um, I mean, we're getting down to two months for, <laughs> for that to happen, uh, but I'm not concerned. Like I, and maybe I should be, but they did extend the existing contract, I believe till like maybe it was August 21st. So they have time. Um, and so, all right, longer term, as a reminder, B of A is the only major bank where Carlix does not host the tech or host the ad server. It's still in B of A's uh, environment. And so we've already talked about that. We're an update for Chase Wells Fargo. That takes two minutes. It could take two months, maybe five months on, uh, on Bank of America. So as they start hosting, get it in the cloud, you know, or just even hosting it, they can start where they're put in the cloud. They can start making those updates much quicker, which will be great. Uh, and then once there's all the other benefits of, of hosting it, besides quick updates, is putting it in the cloud. And so we've already heard, you know, this might allow for the dynamic or machine learning for pricing and targeting. It'll allow for the new ads marketplace, which there have been, if you look on Carlix on their open job uh, positions, there's stuff for the new ads marketplace, which should help with things as more real time um, and optimization for current ad inventory. That's my guess. And it'll allow, again, if you have it on the cloud, it's one point, excuse me, if it's in the cloud, you all have all the different banks connected to it and they're all on the same version. It'll offer quicker updates and they'll send out to everyone, which I believe is what DOSH is. It's in the cloud, One, all the other neobanks and everything is pointing to the same one, which would be great. And so the new ad service, so that's more on, you know, maybe on the advertising side of things with the optimization and, and on the, you know, real time pricing or whatever it may be. Uh, no, I'm gonna say it right. It is the dynamic pricing and targeting and the optimization with, with like real-time inventory, right? That's more on the advertising side. For users though, what we can have is the product level offers from bridge clients, uh, increase the number of offers, you know, the relevance of offers, higher cash back from different margin profiles, local offers from both entertainment offers as well as rewards network, the third-party content creator uh, or provider. You have more offers from self-service and so again, that's currently self-service has been limited to the the banks that are on the new ad server, which is only US Bank. So as more adopted, you're gonna get even more offers from all the ad agencies using self-service. Uh, richer imagery and hero imagery, just increase the understanding of offers, which will lead to more people actually using the offers. And we've seen from that two to four times the amount of click out rates to those external websites, which will increase the amount of people actually making a qualifying purchase. It, like it increases conversion, which will increase revenue in ARPU for Carlytics. Push notifications, I don't know if this is going to be exclusive to 
U.S. Bank, but U.S. Bank's on the new ad server, and they have push notifications. I get push notifications. And now some of those talked to Ed yesterday, so I believe that will be related where other banks will have these push notifications. And, again, users have the ability to turn them off. Uh, I haven't because they haven't been annoying. I mean, I could probably count. Maybe it's been less than 10 push notifications over maybe a year. Uh, maybe it's been a little bit more than that, but not many, not many at all. And so when you see it, you're kind of like, oh, right? It's like they're doing the right amount. It's not like every single day where they're like, I got to turn this off. And again, it's offers from your bank. So you want to look at it or a push notification for your bank. Uh, but then it's also about saving money from someone you trust. So, you know, I always look at it. Oh, that's interesting. And that should improve. You get product level offers and it's very specific. It's not just Panera. It's, you know, you know, whatever it may be, like some iced coffee, uh, uh, you know, the thing that Panera even talked about of, of their coffee subscription, get it for free, sign up right now, click it and, and you have it for free. That'd be pretty impressive, right? Uh, time of day offers, I think that'll also be unlocked. And then if you, you can almost combine all these things where you have uh, like a Dunkin' iced coffee offer that's 50% off because there's different margins, product level offer for the iced coffee. And maybe it's only for two to four because that's something they Duncan, I believe, used to do where they had this like happy hour for two to four half off drinks or two dollar drinks, whatever it may be. They can start doing that, not allowing that for everybody, but only a select few of who they want to specifically target. And maybe they make them even better. Maybe they say it's free uh, and then hopefully they make another purchase. Who knows? And again, this is another benefit of Carlix. It's not like Groupon where it's just people, you know, that are this certain type of person who's only trying to get the offer and they're not, you know, doing something else. You can you have tons of users 178 million users to choose from you can look at their purchase data and specifically target based on their purchase behavior who you want to target with those offers and so again i think we'll see a lot of those benefits as everyone moves to the new ad server which chase is likely this year they're supposed to be end of last year they were fully committed something came up on chase's side got deprioritized or, or pushed back like we talked about or this is that last thing that yes we're at the whim of the banks but once you get over it should be huge Okay, double, I'm gonna take one quick drink. Update three. And these are almost in order, so they'll keep going faster. But there's some actually really important ones at the end. Uh, some and some key insights, <clears throat> excuse me. Update three was a double investment spend by a bank. Again, it said, quote, another bank is planning to nearly double their 2021 investment spend into the program to leverage our offers and as an extension of their core loyalty program. Right, and so we've already heard uh, banks that are using a part of their revenue share to boost the offers or put more to increase the cash back. That was talked about in the 2021 earnings, as I, I list here, and then in the updated earnings press, or I guess this has been in the earnings presentation for a little while. They have this picture; it might be a little bit. Yeah, you should be able to see it. it. Shows the partner share, and it shows this little bit off the top that moves into what is qual called a quote enhanced consumer incentive, which is an additional consumer incentive funded by the partners. And so I believe, as you know, I think when they increase their investment spend in the channel, the only place I could think about that because Carlix is doing all the updates in terms of the new ads or the UI and everything, so they should be spending anything there. It's probably just this aspect of a boosting the offers and so that could be related to the new self-service platform which again it's still quite manual Carlitics is the one more doing it where they say hey we want to do this and Carlitics does it uh but in time maybe it becomes more of the banks doing it which is called again this all self-service for banks had a whole write-up on it uh it's called engage but allowing the banks to boost the offers essentially take more of the revenue share and increase the offer amounts and it's very similar to american express who has great or very large cash back offers because they don't pot so not only do they not have a revenue share and so that revenue share goes to boost the offers. Uh, American Express themselves does not collect the offers and they just boost the offer again. So you have all that amount 
you know, the, the partner share and what Carlos collects, like that amount is just going all to the offers. Well, hopefully in time, you could almost see where the partners, uh, like a Bank of America, U.S. Bank, Wells Fargo, Chase, they just say, hey, yeah, we just, we don't even want to collect it anymore. We want to make those offers even better because we get all these other benefits uh, from the user that are much better than the financial gain here. Uh, or we'll just keep enough to make sure the program's sustainable so we're not, it doesn't cost anything. Uh, but then we can get all these other benefits, which is great for the users, allows for more differentiation. If they start boosting, you know, only specific offers, it might be one, maybe you're, you know, someone has some crazy thing. I guess the one I was thinking, think about Allbirds, $50 off. And that's on another bank. That's an exclusive offer. So that makes differentiation, not only among the banks, but with the cards. Um, and again, I just, I think, I think the reason why it's Chase and why we're seeing this is Chase has, is the only bank with exclusive offers that I've seen. And so in 2021, we only had like these like three offers, um, exclusive offers, right? Well, at the beginning, I don't have the exact dates. Like the other ones were, uh, those three offers were October 1st, 2021, or, or at least that's when I was collecting the screenshot. And then the other offers, there was four new exclusive chase offers. And I believe these were all in 2022. And so it's possible that this was a part of the, you know, doubling their investment spend, where before maybe these were small offers. Uh, but here's the thing, Allbirds and uh, the Away uh, offer were very successful. So maybe Allbirds alone was, I guess, if that was only, maybe I have this wrong even how I wrote this off. If that was very successful, meaning they had to spend a lot of money, Chase had to, you know, pay out a lot of redemption. If they then in 2022 was like, oh, well now we're going to double it. Uh, that's quite the double, right? And I think Away Travel uh, was very successful as well based on, uh, I always say it wrong, I think, uh, Yipit data, um, or I, I've heard people say Yipit data, but uh, Yipit data. It showed up that Away Travel was also very successful. And so maybe just uh, you know amongst these other you know exclusive offers, that's going to cover it for doubling the investment spend. If I'm thinking about this right, if I have the right bank, if this is the right way they're doing it, maybe I'm completely wrong, right? Maybe that's not what they mean by doubling their investment spend, uh, but this all really matches up. And so it's like, it, it may be that we might not even see any more of these exclusive offers because that's already the doubling investment spend, but who knows? Again, Allbirds was pretty successful. I used it. <laughs> I didn't use Away. And so it's like, maybe there's other offers there, but Away Travel was quite, it was a high offer amount. So I'm not sure. And so, uh, you know, again, Chase, they've, they've specifically in interviews, Antigas have discussed this idea of using the revenue share. They said, uh, you know, the shorter version is the intent was to keep less and channel more value to the consumer or the customer so that they can keep, you know, keep that ladder of keeping those benefits as interesting as possible over time. So they want to use their revenue share to uh, help the users. Um, we've already kind of talked about this, but, you know, Chase specifically saying, you know, about pulling back, like, again, this, this is showing that they're committed to the platform, they're using it and not going the other way. So I've had these, these other transcript or the, these quotes from the transcript that were really interesting. One just saying in terms of pulling a, you know, pulling back a rewards program from customers from Chase saying, quote, you're right, because it's very hard to take something away from clients. So yes, I think it takes a, a lot for that to be pulled, uh, back and tallied, particularly, uh, because it doesn't cost anything. So I don't see it being pulled back. And again, if Chase was the bank, everyone's worried about them, like, you know, taking it in house. Not only do you have this bank that's doubling their investment spend, which is probably Chase, but you've had Chase in the past. We've even said, you know, uh, <laughs> we're probably not going to do it. And additionally, uh, they were asked, you know, I know JP Morgan builds a lot in house. Why not do this yourself? And they go into depth about this. One of it was uh, we wanted, you know, it was a timing thing. And so to do that, they could just do it quickly with Carlytics. The other thing was this was huge, right? This is something we always talk about, uh, but it's a bank saying it. So they, re they recognize it was, quote, to be successful, 
requires participation from a lot of insurers and a lot of merchants. Each bank starts going and getting up their own merchant offer network. <coughs> Excuse me, let me start that part over because this is key. If each bank starts going and setting up their own merchant offer network, they're not going to be able to have the ability to aggregate and create a real network effect, right? And more so, you have to aggregate all the users, the demand side, to have enough ad reach to attract the advertisers, right? Again, if Chase, it says, quote, if Chase was going to launch its network, then you would have essentially to waive the attractiveness to advertisers through the advertiser uh, base on Chase's value of the loan because we don't expect that Wells Fargo, Bank of America, and US Bank would come under Chase Network. That is unlikely. Again, they're saying you have to have all of them together to get the advertisers attracted to it, right? Again, they were, think about it again. Uh, these advertisers have been complaining about the new cell service and how, you know, not all the banks are the new ad server, so there's no reach. So they're like, oh, I don't want to use it. <laughs> and so it's just one of these, we just keep getting it over and over that, again, the banks realize this, that they can't do in-house. And again, there's these other points, which I, I can't remember if they talk about here, but we'll talk about later, but the sustainability of it, that if you do it in-house and you're trying to, like, if you can't get the advertisers to fund it, well, if you're going to try to fund it, then it's not sustainable to be, you know, competitive relative to Carlis. So, um, Again, they talked about Chase saying it's just not something that, you know, we do. Our business is in the payment. Our business are in lending. And they were saying we're fine if somebody else. They said, quote, it felt that it's okay if it's done by somebody else regarding the offers. And so, anyways, I just thought that I, I did not have Tegas until recently. And so I've been just going through tons of transcripts, uh, time of my life. One of my, <laughs> it's awesome, right? No plug. They're, they're like, I just, I've known about Tegas forever from other investors. I felt like a super disadvantage from it. Uh, and so I finally reached out and I'm like, I need Tegas. And so I, yeah, it's great. But again, that, that's not an advertisement. I'm not getting paid for that. That's just purely, you know, because again, I didn't have stuff like this before. I knew these things based on what I'm hearing from others and what just makes intuitive sense. But to actually read this, oh, it's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so anyways, like I said, it's interesting that you know, investors have been worried about Chase being the one that goes in-house, but they're the ones you know that are saying, yeah, we don't want to pull this from uh, um, uh, from others. We know we need to use Carlytics to get to aggregate the demand side uh, for advertisers. And presumably they're the ones that might be even doubling their ad spend at the channel. And so between one bank improving the visibility of the program in 2022 and this potentially separate bank doubling their investment into Carlish program in 2022, it only shows that banks are not looking to drop or deprioritize the program. Uh, and this makes sense because Carlish offerings are continuing to improve and will continue to improve as they go to the new ad server, get those product level offers, local offers. So it just keeps getting better. And so you might see them, you know, these banks just saying, gosh, this is getting so good. Let's just keep spending more, giving more visibility, um, which then leads to uh, users spending more money having higher engagement which might lead to more advertisers that are getting interested which it just keeps going and it's just it's just great update four huge one right is people always worried about uh well it's bridge is cross sell or carlos is trying to cross sell to bridge clients where where they're trying to or they're trying to cross sell each other and solving the attribution problem and so i talked about this at length in the bridge write-up and so uh but essentially in terms of this whole attribution problem right or believability problem uh where they can't do the measurement and essentially in short from the way i understand it and i might have it wrong but i got some good quotes here uh in short 
Carlos cannot give the same individual data that advertisers are accustomed to, such as on their social media platforms, right? Where they have that individual data uh, and can do like multi-touch attribution testing of attributing to each user. This is because it is the bank's data and they're not looking to export that individual data and risk a data leak and have you know the personal personally identifiable information, PII, get leaked out, right? That would ruin their business, right? And so, because everyone trusts the bank. So that measurement, the measurement results from Carlos come out in aggregate and the data stays behind the banks. And so therefore the advertisers cannot independently verify the data or the results that Carlos shares. And so people think Man, it's a black box. They're grading their own homework. Uh, we don't trust them, right? And so Airbnb talked about this, just saying, I know they've heard, uh, they've had problems like onboarding advertisers for whatever reason. One of the problems with the marketers, uh, most good marketers right now, especially in the digital market space, want data. And the problem with Cardlytics is you you just must trust them. Like you have no data. You literally have no way of checking. And it's like a black box. Uh, Panera said the same thing. And they used both Cardlytics and uh, Bridge. And they said the challenge with it is you're having to trust the platform. It's very difficult to independently validate their data. <laughs> Horizon Media, ad agency. Uh, the, uh, the interviewer said, you know, assuming they're not lying. And then right away, they, again, the, you know, the person of the Horizon Media. And the one they said, uh, and the one asterisk that I put, uh, put out there is that they're not something you can like, it would be difficult for you to independently verify as an advertiser, which was already something that the interviewer already called out. But then the interviewer again was like, yes, you're, uh, you have to believe that they're not lying. It just keeps getting brought up again. And again, in another one, this was a very interesting one that really stuck out in my mind. Um, and, but it just said again, you know, the clients are very skeptical of people creating their own homework. And then this client said, you know, there there's these results that they didn't actually even believe. Again, they just had to take Carlick's word. And so it just keeps this, like they don't even trust them. So again, you want, again, what, what's, so I thought this was, you know, it's, it's, it's good to know all that of the whole situation of how advertisers are thinking and what might be causing them, to, you know, some advertisers not to use the platform and others just to say, well, I don't trust those. They can't be that good. So let's not spend as much. The update was we have quote, we have 25 clients that we have identified our ideal cross-sell uh, targets for Cardlytics and Bridge. These are clients that we know would benefit from the Bridge solution. And in many cases, these are clients that are worried about measurement and attribution on the Cardlytics solution, right? Just like what we just said, quote, so the ability to have Bridge be their own attribution solution is really powerful. And so I've heard about this in the past, but I think this is the first time Carlix has really talked about this uh, publicly. And so the short-term impact, the way I think about it is, is the, again, the Bridge data is owned by the Bridge client, not the bank. That's different. So this gives the ability for those clients, so these advertisers to have more view into their own data and perform more of their own measurements and, and to, to grade Carlix's work helping them solve this attribution problem. They will have that data because they're getting it from the point of sale systems. So given some of these clients have not fully believed the results, given the lack of ability to independently verify in the past, right? This should allow them through through Bridge to you know in, now independently verify and to lead to more trust and therefore more ad spend. And so one way I've thought about this, I have this little picture that we use in the Bridge program or the Bridge write-up is on this axis. On the x-axis is ad spend of how much the advertisers will spend in the channel. And, and then on the y-axis, y-axis is growth profit and without getting too much in depth if you want to check out more about this check out my uh research notes on the bridge or the last write-up on bridge uh but essentially with bridge there might be a thing where uh there's higher growth profit because the f again in the 10k and bridges or carlos has even talked about this it says uh the fi share is based on the relative contribution of the data provided for the service well, right now, you know, banks are providing all the data, but if Carlytics starts, you know, using bridge data to help with the delivery of the service, especially product club offers, that decreases the bank's relative contribution, which would decrease their FI share, which would increase gross profit. 
that is an assumption I'm making that I'm not uh, 100% sure, but I, I, I heard Cardinal Dix even mention that. Uh, and so anyways, you have right now like these these clients that maybe are a client that Cardinal wants to cross sell. They're just, you know, maybe Cardinal and they don't have bridge yet. And they're spending, you know, they don't fully trust the platform. Um, and so they're just using, you know, store level offers and they're right here, right? And then over time, if they become bridge clients, well, now they have that combined insight and targeting ability, which Carlos has talked in the past, which led to a significant increase in ad spend because they had more insights and targeting ability. But that again, that was without product level offers because that hasn't really started yet. And so that increase is independent of placing even more offers once you have product level offers or higher amount offers because now you can vary by uh, margin profiles. And so that could lead to even more ad spend. And again, at the higher gross profit margin because you're using bridge data. And then finally, you have what we're talking about here is the attribution problem is that is now a separate thing where advertisers might start increasing their ad spend because now it's like, oh, I, I trust the platform. It's better than I thought, or it's be it's as good as Cardinalytics says, and now I believe them, so I'll spend even more. Uh, and then long-term, you know, I think the other aspect is, is you have these advertisers, again, same kind of picture, where they're not even using Cardlytics or, or Bridge right now, uh, or maybe just not even Cardlytics, uh, but if they use use Cardlytics and they have to use Bridge 2 to get that insight into their own data, well, that will jump them to this point here where they're now spending more uh, than they were before, and because now they have the combined insights and target ability and at higher gross profit margins from using Bridge data. But then over time, they could also uh, add in product level offers. I don't have that last bit of attribution. Like, oh, they'll spend even more because of attribution because that's what was needed to get onto the platform. But you could assume that this point here, this number three is very similar to four where they'll all get eventually to the same point. And again, for more detail on this topic, make sure you can either check out my bridge write up or my research notes, which now I think I'm, I'm literally almost at 600 pages. <laughs> we have got, like, we've got, to, like, we, <laughs> I think I've been talking a lot or I've been thinking about this a lot as I keep adding the notes. I might have to split it up again. I hate doing that. I wanted them all in one note, uh, like one Carlyx Research Notes, but I keep reaching the, the limit where there's too much notes in there that it won't save. Uh, Substack will just say, no, there's no more room to save, split this up. So I might have to split it up again and I might separate it by qualitative notes, quantitative notes, and maybe my notes related to earnings because that's where I just keep adding a ton, like my thoughts before earnings. So just heads up for those of you, all of you that already have these notes, uh, that's just something to be aware of that I might, have a, a slight change there as well as I will. Okay. After I do this post, my next thing is I'm trying to finish up on the Carvana notes, which I'm super excited about. Again, I don't remember how many pages there are well over a hundred, uh, spent a lot of time on there. I just haven't got, there's been so many other things to focus on. Uh, but I, and I keep looking at like Carvana, but I want to add those notes and make those public again for those of you who are subscribed to the channel. Um, so next update, new bridge clients, just real quick. Again, we they said that there were several, several new clients, which will be very good. <laughs> uh, and I hope, again, the long-term aspect here is they talked about the cross-selling, right, which is, I think, very beneficial. What I really hope for long-term is they make it very easy to become both a bridge and Cardlytics client. Meaning if they use the self-service, let's say you're an SMB and you want to use the Cardlytics self-service platform, I hope it becomes really easy to just become a bridge client as well. Maybe that the easy solution, and we talked about this in the research shows and in on the bridge write-up, is just partner with the point-of-sale systems already. And so they already, if, if they're partnering with them, they already have access to that point-of-sale data and so it's like they're already a bridge client right off the bat and so or you know utilize where bridge is already integrated or integration partner with like uh, i think like par like that, that point of sale vendor utilize them and so when they start using it they're both a bridge and carlytics client and so you get all these benefits the combined insights and targeting building the product level offers solving the attribution problem right off the bat and so i, I think i mean yes make it easy and self-service but i think the real solution is with the point of sale systems so you get both right away 
the next update, huge update. This is one of the things where I said there was an insight and this is related to the insights of Cartlytics, but there's another insight here. And I kind of talked about it before with the pricing power and stickiness. So Cartlytics can provide their clients with unique insights, again, even related to the competition and it's related to purchase data. It's not, again, usually you're only limited to the data of your own store. Not, I mean, usually not of competitors and, and let alone your own uh, users and where they're shopping and seeing the wallet shares and how that's changing over time. Like that is so unique. That's what makes Carlix special. Everyone, like no one doubts like Carlix, their insights and their ability there because they have such strong data with the purchase data, uh, but they had to get over all these other things like, you know, product level offers, the, the uh, you know, attribution problem, which they're all addressing. But the last thing here, which is like, or the last like aspect of that little thing here is these insights. And one thing that really stuck out to me was this interview with Panera where they say, I mean, one thing is I love, uh, I quote, I mean, one thing I love is they have a really strong analytics capability and quote, and we could see, all right, how do our share of their wallet shift? Who did we steal from? I mean, that's made it directly into our senior leadership presentations with our CEO. And so Carlex is now on my boss's radar and our CEO's radar screen. And so, okay, that to me was huge. That it's like, this is getting into presentations with senior leadership and even the CEO's doing it. And so it might be a regular thing that they say, hey, how are we doing? This is a way to gauge the business. And so I just think, like my thought is, is <laughs> you, this I'll get more in depth on this, but I believe you become more reliant on the data, right? Where it's like, oh, that's in our presentation. So we can't drop the platform, which is the only way to get the data. And so we got to keep using Carlytics because we need to keep seeing this data and this is such strong data. So, but the update was that they signed a new contract in the mid seven figures. And they said, quote, a key factor in the increase was the unique insights that we can provide on the purchase behavior around subscription rates and churn rates, right? So that was interesting. And so they went from a pilot, but to mid set, uh, seven figures, right? And they, they mentioned it was an increase and they thought it was because of the insights. And they also said we had uh, eight seven figure contract wins in the retail space of Q1 due to our incremental return and custom competitive insights. And so in both situations, they talk about seven figure contracts. And so another thing is, is they can't charge for these offers separately because they can't just sell the bank's data, uh, but it's part of you know the, the solution. And so they just, I believe what I've heard is that they spend over a certain tier. And so what I've been believing is, as I wonder if it's the seven figures, if they can, if they spend seven figures, they unlock these offers. And so, and, and let alone these com competitive insights. And so again, why is this matter? Like, is that a big deal? To me, it increases this, it gives a very strong incentive for clients, uh, for existing clients to increase their ad spend to get to that tier, possibly seven figures. Uh, given Carly X mentioned, you know, that amount twice that I think it's seven figures, but again, to unlock those insights, right? They have to spend over a certain amount or increase their existing ad spend to get those insights. And for new clients, when they, when they set their first ad budgets, maybe they'll set them at that tier to unlock those ad budgets. So everything's just stepping up. It's a way to increase ad spend, which I think is very powerful. Uh, and again, it's a workaround from not being able to sell the data as like this separate service. Uh, but again, I think it's better because instead of just going to the Carlytics pocket, it's benefiting the, you know, you know, if, if advertisers are spending more then the users benefit more, which the banks benefit more then Carlytics benefits. So the long-term impact, again, I, I kind of already talked about this where, where you have Panera, like using this in senior leadership meetings, that to me, again, if it becomes a regular thing and people are, you know, becoming accustomed to it, they might not drop it and become and become very sticky customers. Uh, but the other aspect here that I look for in other businesses, and I've never really seen it in Cardlytics, and so I just kind of say, ah, oh, they don't have that attribution uh, or attribute or characteristic, so you know, 
that's fine. But now they do. And so what it said was, you know, Carlos called out that they're custom competitive insights. Custom, right? And they, I think they have to be custom to the fact that it, it has, like, they can't give away too much of the, the competitors. So they're trying to, you know, maybe hide, like, has to be more about that client in particular and not giving so much detail about other competitors because there's probably a thin line there. So there's more customizational. Maybe they ask for certain aspects, right? They say, we want to see this. Again, we talked about at the beginning up here about around subscription rates and churn rates. Well, that's very specific to that. That's not going to be, you know, uh, uh, a restaurant, right? Maybe with a subscription rate. That might be, you know, maybe a D2C, uh, you know, subscription-based, you know, maybe like uh, Paramount or something like Paramount Plus, right? So I think that's very interesting that if they become this more customization aspect, uh, that really gets customers sticky. Because I've seen that in other businesses where you have that customization. I mean, the one thing I think about is Excel. Like I do all these things where I'm customizing everything like a business. Like they have all their programs and they've done everything there. It's not like they're ever going to switch from that because it would be so hard to switch away from that. Right? I think we've heard the same thing with Bloomberg and the customization of like the analytics that they're seeing. And if they can't get that data anywhere else, well, they become very sticky and that gives rise to pricing power. And so I think that's what we're seeing here. Right? Is again, I just, I think if there is more customization and people become really reliant, it's in senior management team, uh, you know, not only does it lead to that aspect of becoming sticky, but it could become pricing power. And again, not pricing power in the form of, oh, we're charging you more. It's, hey, you need to spend more. I don't know if this could happen, but maybe they say it sometimes it's, you need to spend eight figures. Um, or they make it, like that might not work for all the small, you know, especially SMB clients or something like that. So maybe you say, oh, if you spend this portion of your ad budget or this portion of revenue, I don't know. Uh, but again, it's a positive development. And I think it's just, it's just a very, I think it's, it's just, it's something very interesting that I never thought about. And so, uh, and again, we might also see, you know, if they're trying to, you know, use bridge as well to get that combined insight and targetability, they just even get more insights and then they spend even more and it just keeps compounding. Self-service, I guess just quickly here, because we kind of talked about this in the beginning. They said they added the uh, new reports. There was Tegas transcripts back in December where some advertisers were even saying they didn't have all the same reports that they did on the managed services. So if they're increasing those for advertisers, that's good. I mean, I heard some things that it might be more just like frequency of updates so they can see more real-time what's going on. So again, if they can start having more real-time adjustments in campaigns instead of just setting the campaign and forgetting it, if they can have more real-time adjustments and, and that corresponds with getting the actual data so they can make the adjustments, I think it's a very positive development. Um, but again, long-term, we're seeing more and more improvements with the self-service platform and closing that gap with other advertisers and what their self-service platform looks like. Update eight was around scalability and new partners for local content. And so they talked about, you know, getting to about a thousand advertisers on the platform. They're at 600 now. Last quarter was 500. So they're, they're increasing quite a bit. Some of it's leveraging other partners like, uh, like third-party content providers. Um, and, but again, this really shows that over time, we could see, a, like, especially it becomes very easy that they've proved the point now that they can onboard tons of clients. I mean, they say, quote, uh, oh, was it was it here? This is a compelling early proof point on the potential to reach many thousands of advertisers over time, right? Their goal is 1,000 at the end of 2022. They want to reach many thousands. And again, one way is more of these third-party content providers. Uh, so we could see more of those, like the, the rewards network, if they could start, you know, actually open up the self-service for SMBs, such as through the, you know, POS partnerships that we just talked about. Also using entertainment and their local offers going into the channel, that will help significantly. Leveraging DOSH, maybe all their affiliate partners, uh, put those in the program. Again, just to increase the amount of offers, uh, increase the probability of something relevant to the user so they can save money or save money more often, right? But here's the last thing that I thought was really interesting that I missed the first time. 
is we knew, we talked about this in the B of A update, that again, B of A, from our understanding or my understanding, they were using Fig, who had local offers through Rewards Network. And that was really interesting because Dosh had Rewards Network. Cartless could get it if they wanted. They were just waiting. Uh, but, you know, Fig didn't have, again, from my understanding, wasn't getting access to purchase data. So then in, quote... In Q4, for the first time ever, we took third-party local content and just and started displaying it on our largest bank uh, and one of our largest banks in the network through third-party content provider Rewards Network. So that happened in I think December of Q4 with uh, frankly one of our largest banks, right? So that was the update that we heard at the January conference. So I thought that was the same thing that they were talking about uh, here about the uh, hyper the 300 hyper local advertisers from a third-party content provider. And I still think that's Rewards Network. But the difference that I missed is they said, quote, in the first quarter, and we began piloting local content. That's when I was like, wait, 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 wait. In the first quarter versus before the update was in Q4 December. So it wasn't like right on the end. And this was, I don't, I think this corresponded to, you know, the Rewards Network local offers were already in the bank, powered by FIG, uh, presumably. And then they said, hey, this isn't working because in another quote, we talked about this in the research notes and the B of A uh, write-ups, that they the bank said, hey, we want you to power the local content to add the purchase data because you only have control of it, or you only have access to the purchase data. And so that's why you have this transition uh, in December, right, of Q4. And so this, 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 and so this piloting doesn't quite match up because it sounds like that's brand new as well as in the first quarter, which is after Q4. So I'm, I'm wondering if this is a new bank. I Again, I have access to Chase, Wells Fargo, which is the other, you know, big banks. I haven't seen the local offers though. So I don't know. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm wrong there. But I just, you get excited when you see these little differences, right? <laughs> uh, update nine, entertainment offers. They said everything's going as planned. I said, quote, uh, the acquired business met expectations for the quarter. We're looking to start leveraging the content. And so again, Carlix, that'll help to get to that goal of a thousand advertisers by the end of 2022 about, about using these local offers and putting them uh, in the platform. And again, in another quote, they said they don't need the, they don't need the new ad server for these offers, right? They wanted to, they want to wait uh, because then you can have the premium imagery. You can have the new user interface and organize it. So you don't just have a 150 offers just sitting there in the bank channel. That's why they weren't doing it for B of A and B of A wanted it, but Carly said we need to wait. And it, they had now the data to back it up because they need the purchase data and organize it better and, and whatnot. But anyways, we could see this in the short term. Long term, again, this was a good update that it, again, entertain, it, it would have been bad to hear the opposite where entertainment, uh, if the acquisition was not going as planned, if it wasn't what they thought it was going to be. Because again, the, the thing that will be big is they've talked about this before where they said in Q4 at their earnings call, quote, additionally, we think this content will help us penetrate other banks who are hesitant to show their data. So a local content. And again, they said this was essentially this Trojan horse to be able to, you know, we'll start with the data, we'll give them the data and over time, get them comfortable to share their, uh, or we'll give them the content, the third party local, uh, lo or the, our entertainment local offers. And then over time, we'll get the data as they gain trust and they become a full partner. Right. And so I think that relates to American Express because in the January conference, they talked about, uh, you know, about American Express wanting them, but they thought they might not ever get them because they, you know, had this thing about not sharing their data with anyone. And so it just makes perfect sense that again, American Express is that last big bank that the American, that Carlytics or one of the last big banks, but it's one that Carlos has specifically said they wanted. Now they're saying they make this acquisition to get local offers, you know, unique local offers you can't get anywhere else because now they own it. And then if Carlos can start, uh, you know, give that to American Express, 
maybe they just start with that first and then over time then they say okay yeah we want to because here's the here's the big key thing right is they have the data from and it could be they learned this from the b of a situation where b of a started with uh you know with the local offers of rewards network maybe from fig uh, but not having the purchase data and so it wasn't working well so then over time they said hey you know carlitis can you actually power these instead and use your purchase data to improve you know the you know the targeting ability and the effectiveness of these ads well they have the data then they have before and after cartlix should have before and after of what happened with b of a or at least they know what's what happened and so it's that perfect thing is let's do the same thing let's give them the local offers of express and then them say okay yes we can we add we'll add purchase data on there as well and then it may work out uh we'll see so i think that's again good update to hear things are going as planned there uh, update 10 we're getting towards the end here engagement on the new ad server they talked we've heard this update countless times uh but this, there was a slight different thing that they mentioned just the hero imagery is leading to two to four times uh the visits to external websites so in offers if you click the offer there's a website link or or, or yeah you, you can click the link and it'll go to their website so if you increase the amount of people that are actually clicking on those links well, you increase the odds they're actually going to make a purchase. And so, again, we talked, like, in the Investor Day presentation, they talked about, you know, they opened up this thing with the uh, the new user interface. They showed the food section, and they were clicking through or swiping through all these new uh, large images, which is just like DOSH. This looks very similar to DOSH, and they call them these pure, uh, the, the premium hero offers, right? And so, and then again, during Investor Day, they said, quote, with, with U.S. Bank, who has these, you know, uh, better images. They said premium imagery drove five times the visits to websites on average, which could be similar to the two times to four times that Carlix is seeing now, right? And, well, it gets interesting because they've used, now that I start thinking about it, they said 2x, okay, now I gotta think about this. 2x would be 100%, right? And they've said 200% to 400%, but now they said 2x to 4x. Maybe it was just a, a like, just a, Maybe it was just an, something they overlooked. But it, regardless, it's a dramatic increase in the amount of people having those click-out rates. Uh, so that's good to see. And again, as you move more people to the new ad server and you have these Im, these in, uh, improved imagery, these large images, increases the odds. Well, one, it looks much more attractive. Again, I look at this right away and I'm like, hey, that you know, Popeye's chicken sandwich looks pretty good. <laughs> but let alone if it's something that they can actually... Uh, take advantage of instantly where there's a link to maybe even order the food or you know maybe it's a tangible thing from a store like a clothing item where they can just buy it right there it increases the odds of conversion because they're thinking about it right at that time but if they have that imagery uh, they understand what it is especially for local offers uh, but product level offers will help dramatically as well dosh uh again we've talked about this in the past but it looked like there was an update you know in terms of they say there's 18 publishers live 15 that are under contract but, uh, that are going to launch and so that's an update from before of 13 versus 19 and so what i think and I, I essentially what happened long story short is it looks like there, there is now a total of 33 right 18 plus 15 and versus last quarter of 32 right and so i'm like oh okay so there's one new partner but N26, they shut down their U.S. operations, which is what Car uh, Dosh powered. And so I think Dosh lost them. It's not because Dosh dro got dropped. It was because they just shut down their U.S. operations uh, to focus on uh, what they said, their, their European business. And so technically, that means there was 32 partners at Q4. They lost one, so at 31. And now they're at 33, so they gained two partners. And so I've updated my list here of the existing partners, confirmed new partners, uh, those that I suspect and potential partners uh my suspect ones here there's some very like 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 these <laughs> uh these four that i'm highlighting right here uh are all 
on uh they have they they mentioned dosh on their websites but i'm waiting for an announcement or some terms and conditions on dosh's website to just have that verification so i'm very confident that those four uh line financial again same thing i think there's a picture of dosh i think i don't remember if they mentioned dosh but they have a picture of, of them and there might even be a term condition i can't remember what else i've seen for dosh online line but a firm plus talked about that forever uh i guess we'll talk about that in the next section and so again, long-term impact, I think, you know, again, it decreases the risk if primary transactions shift from the traditional bank accounts to the neobanks and fintechs, credit is protected. That's why they bought Dosh as an insurance policy against that risk. But again, I think there's some benefit to be had where you have all these users and this different user profiles um, and different kind of platform or distribution network where Carlos could monetize it and get some value, right? Especially because there's lower rev share uh, and you have some, you're, you're using existing operations. Like it, it should work out. But where I really thought this was interesting is there's been advertisers where i have this one from horizon media where they talk about fig and they talk about how they have these different kind of financial apps uh that allow them to you know maybe send them more push notifications because there's different user profiles or you can you know uh, track their location or whatnot well cardlytics has that as well then right they have like if if fig is saying yeah we use them for that <laughs> well then what about cardlytics and this huge growing list of dosh uh, partners right on all these financial apps so now you have even larger reach with this thing that you're wanting right so i think that's just really interesting and maybe they can do it through self-service where you can choose you know either cardlytics or the dosh partners or both um and again if it's all about like if that's the better platform maybe it's already larger with dosh versus you know big and it might if again this new Dosh marquee partner that we're gonna talk about next was quote, uh, reaches more users than any Dosh partner we've signed. So it's only, it's only gonna to continue to grow and, and now it's soon gonna be very large. That reach is gonna be large. On a separate note, I think this is really important. Dosh is now powering the cash back uh, to, uh, with a crypto uh, FinTech. I have an error there and I hope I can remember later. Uh, that, you know, Carlos announced after Fig announced that they were gonna start getting into the, like, the crypto space and do crypto cash back. Uh, and I talked about that in my research notes after watching that March conference uh, that I, I put all my notes in my research notes. But what was interesting is Crypto.com just recently announced uh, that they were going to decrease their cash back on their cards, the ones that they were funding. They had these really rich cash back or, or, or uh, rewards uh, that they were giving to their users. And they said, we're going to cut back on them. They said, quote, uh, launched in November 2019, the Crypto.com Visa cards have grown to be the world's most popular crypto link card program available in 40 countries. To ensure long-term sustainability, we are introducing a number of changes to the CRO card rewards program. And they said they're able to do so by retaining DOSH for the cash back. They said, quote, introducing these changes to the card uh, program is a difficult decision. We are committed to continue exploring and forging new real partnerships to unlock greater value and benefits to our cardholders, such as our partnership with Dosh, a cashback platform in the US. And so to me, this was a very valuable data point, another like key insight where it's like, it shows that the banks and the neobanks and the, you know, the, the FinTechs and the loyalty programs can use Cardlytics as their cashback uh, and have advertisers fund those rewards instead of them doing it internally, right? Uh, which may not be sustainable, especially if people have to keep increasing them uh, to, you know, to keep up with someone. Because if someone has a higher cash back, they might start using that card over yours. So you have to match that. And if you're trying to do that yourself, that's too hard. That's why Carlyx is so amazing. They're the ones, you know, using advertisers to fund that. And the only way to do that is to aggregate the demand for advertisers to be attractive, right? And so again, the banks have talked about that. 
And so it's also possible, you know, competitors of these banks and neobanks, maybe not crypto.com, maybe another partner, uh, you know, who fund their rewards, their program will not be able to keep increasing and compete with the high cash back that like Carlix and Dosh can offer, right? We're not talking about one to two to three percent. We're talking five, 10, 15. Again, Uber Eats, 48 <laughs> percent, right? And, you know, if they like although these competitors aren't going to be able to compete with that without sacrificing long term sustainability. And therefore, they would also need to use Cardlix and Dosh as well, which increases the, the you know the amount of advertising reach which attracts more advertisers uh, which improves the offerings even more and it just keeps the virtuous cycle going right and this topic right not the aggregation topic which was talked by chase but chase also has talked about the sustainability they said a third like another reason for using cardlytics and they said a little bit longer term but you could think about the cost of rewards especially points rewards or cashback rewards in the industry and these costs actually through the uh, 2010s has accelerated actually chase themselves as a driver of that acceleration because they do have very rich uh, offers uh if you think about the, the cash sapphire reserve card it has really rich value proposition at the time we were focusing on cardlytics so that had reached uh reached the top but there was a strategic intent around the sustainability of that and also what happened if there was pressure on interchange which interchanges uh the fee uh, the percentage they're collecting to be able to like fund those you know offers or the rewards like especially like the one to two percent and there was a little bit of that through merchant private acquisition with a, a network or, or or interchange or all these things that could happen to make these types of rewards unaffordable and so um, they just say this is a different way, Cardlytics, of delivering dollars in our customer's pocket that doesn't cost Chase anything. That is something worth investing in, even if it's more like a long-term view in terms of being an alternative to rewards. So again, they understand that like they're almost going the other way if they can't afford what they're already doing. But if there's the other competitive pressure, like we're seeing crypto.com of keeping up with these higher rewards that, you know, people keep doing, you can't sustain that. And you, you, and you, and it's just not a profitable way to do this. But if there's a solution through Cardlytics to have advertisers fund that, like that's amazing. And so here's another key insight is many people always talk about differentiation. Oh, there's no differentiation amongst the banks. Kind of already talked about that with, you know, boosting your offers to have exclusive offers, use your IPO clients, have your own bank clients or the self-service platform engage, have a different user interface. You can have differentiation and amongst your cards as well, which is something other people aren't even talking about. Uh, but here's the thing. I don't think it's about differentiation, right? Even though that's not really a concern, uh, but it's that these higher rewards become table stakes, right? These banks and neobanks, they need to use Cardletics. And it's probably why all these fintechs and neobanks are at rapid rates signing up for Dosh is to remain competitive and not lose customers or users with these much higher cashback programs uh, that are only possible at leveraging Cardlytics through their combined reach for advertisers to fund rewards. A bank or neobank attempting to match these, right, these significantly higher, or trying to self-fund these higher offers will run into sustainability problems, right, as seen by Crypto.com. If there's a solution where you don't have to fund it, right? And it's free to do so, or maybe even profitable if you're getting revenue share, like it's a no brainer, right? It's just, it's just amazing. It's just, and they keep, this is what happens where there's this benefit of scale is they eat, they, they, all these effort or these, all these platforms keep, or uh, programs, fintechs, neobanks, banks keep going there because that's where you have to go to get the combined reach for advertisers. And that leads to more reach, which attracts more advertisers, which improves the program, improves the offerings and gets more offers, more relevant offers, which attracts more uh, the like, makes it even better for the users which makes it hard like this is something i never really thought about it makes it even harder than for other competitors to compete so like how oh, we gotta jump on board because that's where everyone's at and it just keeps going i've just i never really thought i've thought about it more from the perspective of 
you know, if you only had your one to three percent back on your card, right? Or maybe four percent, like on Costco with like gas or at Costco, whatever it may be, right? It's like, how do you compare when you have like maybe an average of ten percent back on the Cardlytics platform, right? Like, like I'm gonna use that card, right? Even if it like maybe I'll use that at Costco because I'm getting ten percent. But then it's like Costco has to be through them, like. But again, in the fullness of time, if you think of like an end state where there's enough offers that on, on presumably all your purchases, you could save, you know, on average. I mean, between five and fifteen percent, it's like it becomes hard if on the competing cards you have one to three percent. You you might as well use that, especially if you can do it almost. You have the you know as the number of advertisers and offers increases, the probability of a more perfect uh, substitute or near perfect substitute for the offer. I mean, if you were looking to buy something at Costco, maybe you can get it at Sam's or or wherever it may be, or you buy a slightly different or go to a slightly different restaurant. If you get more of those, especially at the product level, uh, it increases. You can find that substitute and get those rewards back, and so that becomes harder for all the other cards. I know I'm, I'm really hitting this home, but I just thought it was really interesting, especially to see you know Chase talk about sustainability now have another program drop their other offers for literally quote sustainability but use Dosh and then again we have this marquee partner and again the new quote here this is uh, one of the last updates here was that this partner reaches more users than any Dosh partner we've signed and I thought that was interesting because Venmo has 83 million users and they might think oh it's only the, we're talking about the users who see Carlytics offers well. <laughs> Technically, Venmo has those QR code offers, which I think everyone has access to, and those are powered by Dosh, right? So that'd be all 83 million users, but maybe not everyone's engaged with them or seen them, so maybe they're not users, or maybe they're just looking at Venmo debit card, which is probably a very small amount of users. Uh, I only have it because I wanted to see the offers and keep track of what was going on there. And so if it is that, it's I still think, like I've talked about my research notes or my firm write-up, uh, that it's a firm. I still think it's a firm with a debit plus card. And that probably has more users than the Venmo card, right? And so there are other clues that it's, it's a firm, such as uh, Carlyx is waiting to announce when the partner releases. What I heard they say was a debit card. I heard that from somebody else that they were talking to Carlyx and they said, oh, we're waiting for a debit card, right? And so... A firm is going to be releasing their new debit plus card soon, right? So that makes me feel that it's them. And that all mat matches the comment that Carlix is waiting for the, the program to become live. Well, that's not going to become live until the card's live. So those kind of coincide. Additionally, we know that the marquee partnership, we've known about this since last year. <laughs> uh, but the launch keeps getting delayed. Well, Affirm, they announced their debit plus card last year and it keeps getting delayed, right? Their CEO said, quote, this is one of the very important thing, uh, products for us. We want to make sure we really get it right. If it takes us longer to get it perfect, we'll take longer. That was December of last year, five months ago, and still not here, right? So that kind of coincides why, you know, Carlos keeps mentioning it because they don't know when it's going to happen um, and they keep getting delayed. Again, I think the firm debit plus card will probably have more users than Venmo card or in maybe, and probably the crypto.com uh, card, which I think is used by a lot. Um, and so I'm really interested, right? And, or, but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's one of the other potential partners. Maybe it's the other BL, uh, by now pay later part, uh, person, uh, Klarna, but they, their announcement of their card came out, which would be where Dosh is powering the offers that didn't come out till I think just recently, like February of 2022. And so Carlos has been talking about this way earlier. So that doesn't match up. Uh, but again, another benefit of this, of having like a marquee partner that someone knows is again, well, one, just announcing that people are like, who are, who's, who's Carlytics? And so you might have some more advertisers that start, you know, uh, finding out to advertise on Carlytics. But the other aspect with like a, you know, uh, a, a firm or a Klarna is that they work with merchants for this buy now, pay later. And so now they might all become familiar with Carlytics and start wanting to fund the offers as well. So that's very interesting. And so, and another thing is, 
is because they're all connected, all, I think all DOSH is, is in the cloud and all connected to their own kind of ad server, is if I think they're pushing offers through there, it should connect to all the do, you know all the DOSHs. And if they could combine that with Cardlytics, especially because that would be all be in the cloud, and they can go to the banks too and have this huge reach, I think that'd be super, super interesting. All right, wrapping up, uh, there's some changes in the presentations. They said before it was, quote, cash flow positive by the end of 2023. That changed to uh, becoming cash flow positive by the second half of 2023, right? Maybe it's the same thing, but if that's the case, why change it? And they, Cardlytics knows there's going to be someone super analytical like me and be like, oh, you change that. Like, don't change something unless there's a reason. And I think the reason is they probably think instead of the end after Q4, right, the very end, they're probably going to be cash flow positive maybe at the end of Q3 or maybe the end of Q2 or, or something along those lines and so that's that's a positive right they're becoming more you know cash flow positive and that makes sense from everything we're seeing and again this is 2023 so they can get on the new ad server with all the other benefits that'd be amazing or solving the attribution problem get all these new advertisers it's just all these compound and you know, let alone open banking which i was hoping that would be discussed and it wasn't but uh other thing they talked about the bridge gross mar pro profit margins um uh, you know going from 56 percent to 75 percent, which is great uh because you know it just takes a while at you know on onboarding the client and all the process there but over time instead of you know trying to onboard all this day you know years worth of data well going forward there's a lot less involved because you're just updating it daily uh but what i think I, i'm not still clear about is i you know currently specifically mentioned that there should be lower revenue share on bridge because the bridge it's uh they said revenue share right that was the thing is they said there should be lower revenue share on bridge data right and so, I mean, it's possible they're just saying, oh, there's no revenue share here because it's on bridge. It's independent. I don't think they would say that, though. I think they're talking about if there's bridge data and product level offers and SKU, you know, you know, data being used in the banks, there should be different revenue share. And here's the thing is in the I talked about this in the bridge write up in the research notes. But in the 10K, they say, quote, to the extent that this is about FI share. Quote, to the extent that we use a specific FI customer's anonymized purchase data in the delivery of our solutions, we pay the applicable FI partner an FI share calculated based on the relative contribution of the data provided by the FI partner to the overall delivery of the service, right? So I think that's important because I think that means that, quote, like their relative, it's based on the relative contribution of data to the delivery of the service. Meaning right now they're delivering 100% of the data. So they get 100% of the FI share, right? Makes sense. But if you bring in bridge data, well, your relative contribution should go down. So your FI percentage goes down. And so that increases gross profit margins, right? I, I'm hopeful. <laughs> it makes sense. And the banks, they want this data. They don't have this data. They want, and, and the, you know, I, so I think they're on board with this. And I think that's part of this whole process. Again, I'm comfortable for everything for the new ad server uh, to allow this. There were some changes in logos. Um, I included them here numbers everything looks good uh you know mi mau's uh, monthly active users continue to grow i again this doesn't include you know the possibility of getting the new banks because oh, obviously because that hasn't happened but if entertainment if they can use that trojan horse to get american express or usaa and, and get those mau's that could grow significantly let alone this is not including like dosh or their new marquee partner or let alone venmo uh or their open banking right and so right now, it's probably somewhat higher with DOSH and open banking, just a little bit. I could be wrong. This could include them. I don't know. But in over time, uh, if those grow significantly, we could see this grow a lot faster than most assume. And then, you know, revenue, 
you know, great Q1, even though, you know, there's always seasonality. So that's why you have the decline from Q4, seasonality and ad spend. Uh, but it was the best Q1 I think they've ever had. And then Q2 guidance on the high end. I know I should be looking, I mean, just in total, 73 million to 80. Like you're getting close to Q4, right? On Q2. Like, so that'd be quite impressive. Uh, so we'll see. Okay, done. <laughs> a lot, it took a lot to go through this, but again, I'm really eager to hear what's in the new B of A contract. Uh, I want to find out who that marquee Dodge partner is because we've been hearing about it for almost a year. Uh, and I, I just, I want to start seeing these these banks in the new ad server and just seeing this create like this huge unlock what product level offers, the new user interface, local offers, uh, you know, real-time offers, time of day offers, push notifications, just like, ah, like, it's just like, these are all huge catalysts that I think will significantly increase intrinsic value and then should in time, especially if you can see it in cash flow, uh, increase the value and the, uh, the market price of the company. Again, overall management is continuing to execute. The business continues to improve and many previous concerns, uh, have been or are currently being addressed so overall i'm happy guys if you enjoyed this uh if you ever get any you know feel like you these insights are helpful feel try you know consider becoming a paid subscriber and which will also give you access to all my research notes which are now about 600 pages worth of notes and have everything again for the large number of you that are already subscribers you have access to this make sure you check them out and you'll be getting uh, access to my carvana notes which i'll be working on uh i'm just finalizing those to be able to release them soon i want everything i do i want it as best as i can do it and i don't want to put them out until they are as best i can do Everyone, thank you so much for watching. This is an exciting time for Cardlytics. This is just such an interesting opportunity. The business is doing so well at the same time that the stock price declines. Uh, I, may, I hope I'm not missing anything, but I, I, I think this is just, it's quite special. So everyone, thank you so much for watching, especially if you watch to the end. And I'll see you in the next one.